Friday night, skylight. Um, so what's going to happen is um, Kenny's going to read from this beautiful new book for about 10 to 15 minutes. I have a couple of questions that I've prepared that I'm curious to know the answers to. So selfishly, I'll begin with those. And my hope is that we'll have a conversation between the two of us and then open it out for you all to ask questions. And I love the Socratic method, so... Sorry about that. I might just call on you. Um, and if I know your name, I might just do it even more readily. So, so we really want this, especially since it's a, an intimate group, to be um, a dialogue that, that sort of encompasses so many of the issues that, that Kenny tackles in this, in this short book. There's so much in here. And those of you who haven't read it, of course, we hope that you will. So, Kenny, if you would start us off with the reading. And this is the book launch, right? So, uh, yeah. So, happy birthday. Except for, except for Berlin. Yeah, oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, happy American birthday. <laughs> <laughs> to this book um, and thank you for asking me to, to be here tonight well, thank you for doing this with me now I put on my glasses so I can't see anybody <laughs> okay, I'm going to just start with, by reading the prologue which is called In the Province of the Gods if ever I needed the presence of the gods now is the time I arrive at Izumu Taisha the second most sacred shrine in Japan, in early October. According to legend, the sun goddess Amaterasu built the original shrine. In every other part of Japan, the tenth month of the year is known as Kanazuki, the month without gods, because every October, all eight million Shinto deities visit Izumu Taisha for Kanari Mutsuri. The gods are now in residence. I stand under the graceful wooden torii marking the entrance to the shrine's forested grounds, then with my cane maneuver down the Seiko no Baba, an avenue of gnarled pines leading to the shrine's central compound. I look up. Hanging over the entrance to the oracle hall is the giant Shimanawa, a traditional twist of straw rope. The sculpture of straw is immense, Five thick twists clinging with the assistance of six roped rings to a large wooden rod the same color as the straw, which itself is attached by four thinner roped rings to a dark brown wooden beam. Descending from the three larger twists are three cone-shaped bells. I reach for one of the twists and ring the bell. Ringing the shrine bell announces a visitor's presence to the resident deity, the gods now know I am here. Ever since my doctor told me what I did not want to hear, all I can think is, I don't want to die. I pull the rope and ring the bell again, this time louder, the echo reaching toward the Honden, the inner shrine directly behind the oracle hall. I follow the sound of bronze reverberating through the air until it dissipates in front of a steep covered wooden staircase leading into the Honden. The present structure, with its projecting gray wooden rafters shooting out of the roof, is in its 25th incarnation. Only half as high as its pre-Buddhist original, at 24 meters it is still the country's tallest shrine. Entrance into the Honden is allowed only during special ceremonies. Lafcadio Hearn, one of the first expatriate riders to live in Japan, lived only 33 kilometers away in Matsue. He was the first foreigner granted the privilege to enter the Honden. I peer through the eight-legged east gate, decorated with unpainted wooden carvings and bouquets of gohei, lightning-shaped white paper hung at Shinto shrines to ward off evil spirits and look into Holy of Holies Hall, where only the head priest can go. I reach in my pocket for a particular coin. Two months ago, I found a penny in the hospital room where the man in the bed next to me died. Coins have taken on a larger meaning. I close my eyes and pray for what I know might be possible, to see the best way through this, to find a way to live with the ever-present knowledge of death as my constant companion. I bow and clap and throw the coin into the offering box. I hear the coin rattle to the bottom of the box. My prayers are urgent. The coin at the bottom of the wooden box could be my soul. 
I think how I first came to Japan to study the lives of disabled people in Japan. Ian was supposed to accompany me, but by the time I arrived in Japan, circumstances had changed. During my first day in Japan, my research foot fitful, difficult. Instead, single for the first time in 18 years, I discovered not only things about this foreign culture, but also new ways to see my different body and myself. Now, on my second visit, circumstances have changed yet again. I came very close to not returning at all. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Before I first arrived in Japan, I had no idea I would be going halfway around the world alone. Should I take us into the first chapter a little bit? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to skip a little part. Um, and I'm going to take you right into my landing in Japan. When I land in Narita Airport, the sky is a dull gray, typical, I'm told, of Tokyo weather during the late spring rainy season. As soon as I'm off the plane, many dark blue suited Japanese businessmen talking on their keitai surround me in the terminal. Hi, hi, they respond as they bow to what I imagine to be an autocratic boss on the other end of the cell phone connection. On the one and a half hour train ride from Narita to Tokyo, I get my first glimpse of Japan. In the late afternoon mist, a man tending the rice paddy is smaller in comparison to his surroundings. It is not that the man himself is smaller, nor are his surroundings larger. The way the man fits into his surroundings seems different, but also familiar. What I see, look, what I see looks like the Ukiyo-e woodblock prints I have seen in museums and art books. It is as if I have somehow entered the scale, the perspective of Hokusai's and Hiroshigi's floating world. As I look from the paddy to the hills, I notice the tops of Japanese hills are more pointed here. The many different shades of green in the grass and trees are more distinct in the gray of the afternoon. Lime, emerald, olive, ivy, greens with tints of blue, of yellow, even a green as dark as the billiard table green of my left-behind bedroom walls. Arriving at Tokyo Station, I make my way through what is the largest and busiest train station which I have ever been. Wide lines of people surge every which way. Countless signs, some even in English or a version that resembles English, direct passengers to color-coded subway lines, commuter lines, Shinkansen lines, as well as to the seemingly endless number of station exits. How much easier this would be with Ian, who is more comfortable in bordering on chaos crowd. Pausing amid all the constant motion, I finally find a sign with a symbol of a taxi. As I make my way in the direction the arrow seems to be pointing, I play over and over in my head the short phrase I learned, Rapangi Kudasai, which will supposedly politely tell the taxi driver the area of Tokyo where I want to go. Making my way toward what I hope will be the correct exit, I check in my pocket for the copy of the Japanese map emailed to me by the International House, where I'll be staying until my apartment is ready in two days. You should hand this map to the taxi driver, the accompanying message said. Addresses are very difficult to find in Tokyo and in the rest of Japan. Surprisingly, all works as it should, and the taxi drops me off at the International House, where after checking in, I fall asleep in the single bed in my small, narrow room. The next morning, I get instructions from the cultural office at the I-House of where to get my very own keitai and order my meishi, name cards, two essentials to navigating life successfully in Japan. Walking in Roppongi, my mind and body are lit up like the countless neon lights, which here in Tokyo are vertical. Signs in kanji, hiragana, and katakana, the three distinct pictorial and glyphic systems that comprise modern Japanese, as well as romaji, English letters, hang at every site level. Cherry cat, exciting plaza, poet box. What do these signs mean? Roaming the winding alleys, I notice the electrical poles and wires that line the narrow streets. I wonder how secure they would be during an earthquake or a typhoon. 
Many fires and natural disasters have devastated Tokyo. Impermanence seems closer to the surface here. Inundated by so many unfamiliar sounds and images, will I remember my way back to the eye house? Tokyo might be the only city in the world where you can make a right, another right, another right, and another right, and not end up in the same place as you began. <laughs> Thank you. The poet box. It's a poet in a box. It's just, it's a great image. I love that. <laughs> That's what you see? No. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, thank you for that. So the first question I want to ask is actually directly related, thankfully, to what you've read. And that is, there's a couple of times during the book when you talk about the before and after and the internal and the external. And it seems to me that one of the things that, that Kenny does as the narrator is to explore the ways in which the external world in Japan interact with the internal world of the person inside of the scene. And I think you set that up really well, just in that airport scene. And I'm just wondering if you can speak to that at all, if it, if it made those categories of before and after more fluid, or if you take a right and a right and a right and a right, and you think you're going to end up one place, and you end up somewhere entirely different, which is what happens in this book. I mean, 100%. Right. So just if you could speak to that a little bit, the way that the, the landscape influenced the internal part of the journey for you. Yeah, it's um, it, when I read, when I go back and I look at the, the especially the, the first chapter that, that even continues, um, I see how. I mean, this is just something I I do. I, I it, the whole book is just <laughs> encapsulated in the in the yeah. very first part. Um, but I didn't know that when I was mm-hmm. when I was when I was writing it. Um, it's interesting, um, you know, when a book comes out, especially because we've had a lot of media stuff coming out. So we check to see on Amazon what what's happening with sales to see if something moved something. And it's the easy way to find out. And um, it, the book has sometimes becomes the number one new release in Japan, Jap- in, in travel guides to Japan. Oh. But my publicist said something very funny to me because I, I wrote to her when we first saw that and she said, yeah, but it's not a guide to Japan. It's a guide to what was going on in your mind. Right, right. <laughs> so it's the, it's, you know, the, the, the two things. Um, but I think I found a great objective correlative you know, yeah. the, for, for what was, was happening. Um, though this is so early that I had no idea what was happening. It yeah. Took, yeah, so, yeah. But you knew more than you thought. The sort of... um, yeah, and I also you know, formed yeah, the book to make yeah. it that way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that all broke? So another thing that really struck me in this, but there's a lot of different things that I could talk about, but the one thing that, that I think would be interesting to for the audience to think about and to re- revisit later is this idea of a disability being described as a physical fact. I mean, that is such a great moment There's in the book where um, a man that you've met uh, says, oh, I've told my boyfriend about you and your physical fact. And I was like, what a, and you even say that, like, what a great way to start. It's, like, it's not like differently abled or empoweredly disabled slash super crippled or whatever, like these sort of so-so PC words that are often used as funky labels that don't really mean anything. But it's like, yes, the physical fact of, of, of you. And I'm just wondering, like, that, that struck me a lot reading this, how how deeply the perceptions of what intolerance looks like in a culture and how in Japan you feel first like a white dude and, and, and that's basically it. Whereas in this country there's a, so much work to do with like perception and how other people perceive you and then how you perceive yourself and there's so much mirroring and it's such a pain and, and I'm wondering if you felt that there was a, a release just even in hearing that, like your physical fact versus your anomaly or your defect or your different able or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole thing was a release. I mean, it's just, um, I was really, um, I was very surprised and that's the first, I mean, the first, the first revelation that I have is very early. It comes right after what I read um, when I'm walking around and realizing that I was, because it's actually through a story that Brenda, um, uh, this poet who was living upstairs, um, and she, uh, she, when she first came to Japan, she, she noticed that everybody, she would go into stores and people just um, didn't know what to do with her. 
And she finally realized that it was because they wanted to help her, but she didn't, they knew that they couldn't, they didn't have English, enough English to mm -hmm. help her. So it had nothing to do with the fact, that was all it was. It's mm -hmm. just that she didn't have, you know. So I took it on that and I started to realize that people were treating me as if I was a foreigner, which I was. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and though in my own country, you know, um, I'm treated as a foreigner, be not because I'm a foreigner, but because of my, my different body right and right. that's just yeah um i don't i don't you know i don't know what the translation i mean i think that the way that the physical fact came to me was such a uh, i mean such a direct way of saying something yeah. which is so not japanese right um so but 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 the person that said it was also somebody who had a lot of experience in the west right so yeah, yeah. so yeah that was a true uh, there was a true gift gift comes from you know from places that you just never you never expect, which is the, what the whole book is really. Yeah. But it's exactly what I what you need, which is very exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I think that that ties into to the. Um, it's interesting because you think you go to you go to a country and you don't have the power of language, or you can say like "take me here," which is hardly power of language, right? Or bathroom, right? Yeah. It's like a small little bit of power. And when you're at the when you're hearing the the opera or the or the music. Of, of Japan and it's so foreign to your ear and in that sense it kind of enables you to experience it in an entirely different way and in the same way analogous situation someone in Japan who'd never seen a, a white person that looks quite like you might be experiencing that same kind of like mm, yeah. like it's so new it's so novel that there's no time to sort of categorize it or um, and it also frees you it seems to me or reading this I was thinking oh, it frees you from all those dumb conversations you have to have in lines with people and be nice and well, stuff the, like that. Well, yeah, well, the thing, awful. the great, yeah. the wonderful thing about Japanese culture, and remember, I'm not, I'm not Japanese, and that's right, that's right. a real, real key because yeah. I mean, as I say in the book, this you know, this koan almost that kept following me was Japanese audiences when I gave talks would always ask me what it's like to be disabled in Japan. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, as if I had the answer, right? Right. And I you would, don't? No, of course not. <laughs> and I would always basically say to them that I don't, you know, that I could only tell you what it's like for this particular white person right. with my particular disability, right. what it was like. Right. And I mean, um, so, and that was a, a, that was a very big difference. But I also, um, I mean, I'm also now living in another culture where I don't know the language. Right. In Germany. And uh, though there, at least I can read. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's not like I haven't tried to learn the languages in these places. I'm just really bad at it, and I have no memory. I'm older than I look. Right. So I really have no memory left and, and no space in my head. And so I would love, I mean, one of my favorite parts of the book is a little, little, little scene where I'm on the train, I'm on the subway, and I'm looking at the advertisements, and I'm imagining what they're, what they're about. And whereas, you know, I'm totally wrong. Right. Totally wrong. <laughs> um, um, Joan Silber, the writer who, who came to visit, me in in Japan, she just she just did an interview with me, and we were I reminded her of the time where she was with me, and we were going down a an escalator in a in a subway, you know, in a train station, and there was this ad like as you go down the, <laughs> and it was of this smiling woman in some natural field, you know. So you know, here you'd think soap, right? Maybe or something, yeah. you know, Irish Spring or whatever. Yeah. And then finally, I asked somebody. It was a, it was an advertisement for a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so great! Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So wow, yeah. so so why do you think that? I mean, wh what do you think the this this idea that that Asian cultures are so hostile to difference and disability? Where do you think that comes from? Well, Karen Nakamura, who I'm going to be talking with in Berkeley on on Monday, um, said that we made a mistake in the copy for the book. She's Japanese American, and she probably knows more than I do. And she said to me, um, and she said that it's it's something that it's J Japan itself is is thought of as hostile to difference, mm -hmm. is what she said. Mm. Now I don't know. I imagine Monday's conversation is going to be very interesting because of that. Um, I think we can't lump all of the cultures together because this the strangest experiences I've had with an Asian culture vis-a-vis -vis disability I have is Chinese culture. Mm -hmm. I've been followed <laughs> in, in Chinatowns all over the world, including in Bangkok, wow. um, like I'm a ghost. This happened in San huh. Francisco as well, and that that would never happen in Japan. There's this. I was, was going to say earlier is that what's so nice about Japan is the the private and the public are so 
are so separated right. that if somebody had a difficulty with me being disabled, again, the foreigner, the white person being disabled, it wasn't going to come at me in the street. Right. It would happen maybe when they went home and talked at night or who knows. I don't know. I'm not there. Right. And as far as I'm concerned, great. I don't have to deal with deal that. Deal with it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, so we have to be careful not to lump because I, I, I mean, the, the Chinatowns frighten me because of this. I, yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I, it's very odd. In Thailand, in Bangkok, it was really yeah. weird. That was in, that was in, God, I never know what's in what book anymore and what was never made in, but I do talk about, I did have it in my Darwin book at one point, but I think it's not in there anymore, that whole thing with somebody yeah. following me around. Yeah. It's interesting, though, to, ha- to have one part of your identity sort of latched onto when you're so used to someone focusing on another part. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that by itself, I think, changes your perception. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're just a white guy versus, like, someone with a disability. I mean, I remember when I was in Korea, people were, like, cutting my hair in the street. I'm like, seriously, like, stop cutting my hair in the street. It's freaking me out. Yeah. And it didn't have anything to do with, with disability. It had to do with, like, the color. Yeah. I mean, imagine these Barbies with, like, a yeah. like piece of my hair stuck on top of their head. And I think, I mean, did you find that to be... Um, there's so much going on in this book that's destabilizing in your life. And I'm wondering if that is like the most potent part of the mix or if that's something that you didn't think about as much because there's a breakup, there's a diagnosis, all of this is kind of happening. And yet you, you, when you go to Japan, like it's almost like you're just a white guy. Yeah. I, I mean, how, how interesting and strange and but not only lovely white, in some sense. Not only a white guy, but like, you know, the apartment was like fit for me. Everything was my height. It was, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, wow. it's good. You know, yeah, it's which was you know there, there's something I don't know. It was very strange. I knew nothing about Japan when I went, and it feels even it felt like home very very quickly. Somebody I took some language lessons before I left, um, and the teacher was an American who had spent a lot of time in Japan, and he told me two things that he cautioned me about. One thing he said was nobody would understand my sense of humor. And the other thing he said was that I wouldn't make close friends. He was wrong on both accounts. Interesting. Yeah. For some strange reason, I still don't quite know why, and maybe there's just no answer, it just was, is that people just really accepted who I was. Now, you have to remember the people that I was dealing with were people who spoke English, so they had more of a connection to the West. But, you know, when I think about that, though, I I was in places where nobody spoke English. And... um, they, it, I never had a, tr- I never had trouble. No mm-hmm. one ever, you know, you know, I, I was once not allowed into a gay bar in Florence, Italy. You know, that you don't belong here um, because it was um, because of being disabled. That never happened. Nothing like that ever happened mm-hmm. in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you, is, is there a part of, of the sort of what you experience as a treatment of being a person with a disability that you wish you could import here? If if there were one thing, what would it be? Physical fact. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Let's get T-shirts. Yeah, but <laughs> don't talk about my physical fact. Right. Do it yourself. Yeah. 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 Nobody would ask any. Nobody would say. Nobody would ask a question about my disability. Nobody would yeah. even think oh, about it there. Believe. I'm sure. But who knows what they did at home? But you know, they never right. to me. Yeah. It's almost like relieving the social pressure of being different. Yeah. In a, in a yeah, that's that yeah. I found really fascinating. Yeah. And then another question I have is. Um, do you feel like that one of the the quests in this book is to find disabled deities, like these one-eyed samurais, and there's there's these great passages where Kenny's like trying to find information from people, and it's like cards are exchanged, and I don't know what's happening, but it's it sounds very convoluted, like it's not like just going to some microfiche, or I'm dating myself, no. or the World Wide Web, you know, punching in some things and getting something, so you really have to search them out. And I'm wondering if you think in if there were um, the ones that you did find, if there'd be any correlation in our culture, yeah, there's, there is, which is which is really interesting. Um, the trope, the Western, what I thought was a Western trope of the blind prophet, mm-hmm. and, and the mm-hmm. metaphor of blindness being of knowledge, right, is, is there in Japanese culture, right, um, which was a very big revelation. I thought, oh, the whole thing will be different, right? You know, no, same thing. Um, so that was a really that was a big that was a big one. 
Um, what was really what, what was so interesting to me, what I found and discovered, and a lot of the research is not is on the cutting room floor. It's not in the book. The, the research becomes the background for the book in a way. And um, and the thing that is the centrality of disability to Japanese culture, um, mostly which which is in the book, the biwahoshi, the the blind um, priests of ancient Japan. Yeah, so they basically are they're the people who develop the and spread the Japanese language because they went across the country spreading the legends and the myths and so it's 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 a, it's central i mean it's, right. it's it's it, you can't do it without it and then i met hanando shunsho this this disability studies professor who i heard about the first time i was in japan but as you said things get there's never a direct answer mm-hmm. um, the other night it, i did a i did an event at a, at a school in new york and there was a there was a few japanese students and uh, we went out i was the prize for this dinner that that we went out with you were the prize i was the prize Ew. yeah cheryl um, the former actually former fun. goddard student who runs the, the social design program at school of visual arts she told me like last week that oh i used you to as a prize to <laughs> to get something them to do something like but the japanese woman she she this student she said something very interesting she said that she didn't realize the um when she read my book she didn't realize the uh the ambiguity that she lived with in her own culture it took going outside and yeah. hearing it from about, and then reading my book just you know made yeah. her see that. But there was never a direct answer, and right. I and if you if I wanted a direct answer, I would have never gotten anywhere. And right. so I realized that whatever I asked, whatever came at me, like physical fact, was going to be something that I would make something of if I could. Right. Um, and my, my search for Ibisu was just impossible. It took right. you know, I came back three years later to finally find out what was going on. Right. Um, but I couldn't find. No, information right. anywhere. Yeah. That's that line in the book where you're like, even it maybe means no, like maybe is actually right. a no. Yes. And like learning to decide. And yes those is no. Also. Yes is yeah. also no. It's yeah. like okay. Yeah. There's, there's, um, a, there's a word. For, there's yeah. a Japanese word for no, and I think I heard it twice. Right. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to ask one more question, and then I'm going to open it up. Ooh. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to this uh, idea of before and after. So there's a, there's a really powerful moment in this book. There's many powerful moments, but one for me was th- th- when, when the narrator is given the diagnosis from the doctor. And, and there's this idea, you know, anyone who's experienced a medical diagnosis um, of a, any kind of gravity feels there's like a kind of line in the sand moment. And there's that, that before and after, like my life before, my life after. And I'm curious if you can speak to how your, how your time in Japan and what you learned there and the people that you met and the music that you listened to and the men that you met and the, and the discovery that you had helped you absorb that in a way that would have been different had you been living in any, anywhere else or, you know, between these two worlds. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's the I mean that's the I mean I, if there's one you know endpoint in the book, it's that realizing that there's no there's no before or no after. Because mm-hmm. when I you know when I get the diagnosis before I go back to Japan the second time, I think that you know there's a there's been a you know there's been a big line drawn, mm-hmm. which is interesting for me because my I was disabled at birth, so there was never. Yeah. Right. There was never there was no line to go over, no line there. To go over yeah. with that, yeah. and so um, that was a huge um, that was a, hu- a huge thing because I went back to Japan um, and uh, thinking that there was this big before and after, and then through whatever happens during the third part of the book, I realize and mostly I mean it really comes to fruition when I interview the the two Hiroshima maidens, um, the, yeah. the the two A bomb survivors, yeah. and um, that really and uh, that was an the really that, that was to me that's to me that's the climax of the book right and so um and i realized that you know that you know that life is a continuum it's not something it's it it goes along this this path and it's it's a you know the, I, I keep finding to f- see the, the seamless hole throughout the whole right. book and I can't do it and I think I have to be in the right mind to do it you know it's a, and I'm looking for the, the right mind how do you look for the right mind I mean where mm-hmm. is you know do you see it anywhere and so I, I think that that's a, a ma- the major discovery of the book is that it's, it's there is no before or after right. that it's, it's, it's arbitrary yeah to yeah. me it was like you know the, the Tory gate um you know, the, the idea of the Torah gate is that you go through and it becomes a sacred space, and on the other side, it's a sort of non-sacred space or mundane or whatever. And I think that what I think is really interesting about this book is it's almost like it's positioned in the middle there, in the threshold, like one foot in the 
in the you know sort of mundane if you want to say it in one foot in the sacred like all the time and I think most people live that way actually I think that's part of being in a mortal coil of some ilk I mean it's part of being human but we don't always know it until we have a sand line in the sand moment like that and it in some ways enriches and complicates experience um so that's so how I really I loved that uh, and the floating imagery too so if you think of that I think that was really powerful too just those sort of the sturdiness of the Tory gate and this idea of the floating lots of floating was happening <laughs> lots of floating <laughs> there were no drugs um, so I'd like to open it up into questions for the audience so um, oh great yes so I'm, I'm wondering, your, your experience, you're saying that um, nobody ever called you out publicly while you were in Japan about your disability or anything, and, or I'm sorry, your physical fact. That's not great. It's um, just a great phrase. I wonder, do you think that it would have been different if you had, you were there for how many months? I was there for around two years, but two to, years. To, to, to separate, to separate times, time. so yeah. So I'm wondering, if, would it have been different if you, if you had lived there for longer? Would it have been different if you had been Japanese? Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been definitely been different for Japanese. The Japanese disabled people that I that I met and know um, have a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it depends on the disability. Yeah. Um, I met something that's not in the book, uh, uh, an outtake, is I met a woman who was part of a disability, a grassroots disability rights mo- uh, group called Footloose. And she was blind and using a white cane, um, not a dog, which is, uh, there was, she had a blind sister and she got the dog because it's expensive. Here it's in the States, we mostly have dogs because it's, uh, it's nonprofit. Whereas it's not, that's not the case in most mm. other cultures. So you see there's a lot of white canes. And so, um, but now we're in LA, I think of Lynn Manning, who was a, a, a LA, LA, LA writer, an African-American blind guy. And he, he had a white cane. I once actually asked him about that in a car in San Francisco when he was, we did a reading for Staring Back. God, that was a long time ago. And um, so uh, she, 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 she graduated from university, and then she applied for a job in the library. So remember, this is the school that she just graduated from. And they told her, no, 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 this is not a job for you. And I questioned, like, okay, what does that really mean? Not enough for you. She said it, 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 it was too much for her. She couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. So that you, so that's what she she had mm-hmm. had to deal with. Um, but you know, it's not only disabled people. I mean, I think probably the hardest thing to be in Japan is an educated, intelligent woman. woman. Yeah. <laughs> that is really difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, really difficult. Um, and then especially if you have money, you can get away with it a little bit. But without the money, you can't. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was, that was really interesting. Um, I don't know what would have happened if I... Um, if I had lived there long enough, I mean, Mike, my husband, who's also, I guess, the destination of the book, yeah, um, in a lot so of ways, nice. yeah, it's like such a nice, beautiful, yeah, uh, yeah. We could talk about the yeah. undramatic nature yeah. of it, but yeah, <laughs> and um, and 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 so when we always talk about how they they always say when I don't know if you read those books like Culture Shock Thailand or yeah. you know those books, they always say that you know you you get to a place and you just love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a point where you start. Hating, 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 hating it, and they're both the same things. Yeah, that never happened to us in Japan. Huh. Both of us, we never hated it. We never hated it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's I don't know why, but we just didn't. And uh, so, and if we maybe if we stayed there for five years or ten years now, the other th- I say always everything is context. Um, I had two grants. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of money. If I tell you how much these grants were, you'd like, you know, it was an, I just still can't believe it. And, um, and so I, and I didn't have to work in a Japanese business, you know, right, I didn't have right. to do that. So I was shielded from a lot of Japanese, you know, society mm-hmm. and culture. Um, so that was a, you know, that was good for me. Mike was teaching English, so he wasn't so much. I mean, the joke was when I met him that, um, I had a lot of money and no responsibility, and he had no money and a lot of responsibility. Um, and I said, don't get used to this. This is not the way it usually yeah, right. works. Let's flip that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Whether I didn't pay attention to it or I wasn't interested in it, I don't know. I wasn't interested in those kind of questions, probably selfishly because I didn't need to, I, I didn't need that access. Um, now I'd be more, now that I sometimes do use a wheelchair, I would be more cognizant of it, but I was more interested in the cultural representation and what was really deep in the, in the culture than I was in the, what I would call, you know, disability 101, which is really important, but that's not what I was after there. Right. Yeah. So, would you say that the culture was pretty much unwilling to address it directly? I mean, I would just think... That would be what it would be, the experience would be. Because my experience with a lot of Japanese friends is they're extremely polite. Yeah. And I don't think that in their culture they would feel comfortable whether they, you know, mm -hmm. um, regardless of how, but that can be some, somewhat disabled. Even though it's, it's a politeness, it's kind of yeah, I mean, I mean, I okay. I can tell Anne when I see her on Sunday that I used her as examples. Um, she, she, we went when we went to a shrine, and there, there we'd encounter steps. Um, now Anne at that point could get up and walk if she needed to, um, but you know, three people from every corner of the shrine would come to see if they can help the wheelchair to get up the steps. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Um, and sometimes that's annoying, and sometimes it, yeah. it's not, you know, but it's it's this, the, the, the helpfulness is always present. But it's not only with disabled, it's with everyone. You know, yes, if you're, if you're right. lost in the street, and you, you know, you ask somebody, they'll, you know, if, and they can't speak English, but they understand where you want to go, they'll take you by the hand and take you to the place. Right. You know, just like New York, right? So, um, <laughs> so it, you know, so it's, it's not about disability. It's about just that's what they do. Well, it's like, have you ever been to this, the, the, the spas on Olympic here in, in, in Koreatown? Like, I haven't. <laughs> have you guys been there? Like, they don't yeah. care what your body's doing. They're, they get their brushes out, and they're like, and, and you know, it's washing your hair, and, like, it's kind of amazing, because they just don't even have any response. Yeah. They see it all. And the, I feel, feel like, to, for me, like, reading this part, I'm like, oh, it's just like, it's just like living in a country where you never have to, like, explain yourself. You just kind of take a good look, you know, if you want yeah. to. Well, it's the story of... Um the, where is it in the book? I think it's towards the end of the first part of the book um, where I go to an onsen, the, you know, mm. a Japanese spa, and I have a lot of problems using the yukata because they're never the right size for me, you know. Um, yeah. yeah and, and, this, and I'm coming out of the bath and I'm naked underneath the yukata yeah. and there's this old, you know, grand, Japanese grandmother who sees this happening and she comes over she doesn't know any English, and she shows me how to make the yukata work for me, you know, and I mean, it was just this amazing moment, yeah. you know, and um, it, it was, you know, she, sh and all, you know, as I always say, you know, just like my parents shouldn't have dealt with my disability the way they did, because they were so uneducated about it, whatever, mm -hmm. but they made the right choices. This woman probably, you know, she just did it by instinct, I don't know, it was instinct or whatever right. she did. She just came over and did this. Yeah. And, um, and it's, you know, that's my, that was a, I'll never forget that, you know. Right. I wish I, you know, yeah, I wish I could send her the book. She couldn't read it, but, you know. It could be in yeah. books. She yeah, it. right. But, yeah. I mean, the thing is, that could be, that could be yeah. personality, not cultural, right? It could I mean, be. It's, 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 um, but that yeah. was the kind of, that was the kind of thing that happened time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. And again, it's, I'm, you know, maybe other people had different, ex will have different experiences, but right. this was my experience, which is, I don't, I won't, that's why I don't gen generalize. I, I won't right. say that this is what you know what it's like yeah. for everyone yeah so let's do a few more questions i know i started a little late yes in the back uh, i was wondering in sort of like gay social world and gay bars and gay friends like you know, is, if you met a lot of people with physical facts and be in the treated them or talked about them yeah. um no I never saw another disabled person in a gay space, as far as I recollect. Mm -hmm. I do in Berlin, but I don't. I never did in Japan. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, um, the book, the, the, the book, the, the launch launch was in Berlin. You know, at the Schwulis Museum, the gay museum, and uh, the woman who's the, the 
the head of the museum, the, of the board, uh, is a lesbian, and she asked about lesbians in, 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 in Japan. And my joke was the only time I ever saw lesbians in Japan was during the Gay and Lesbian Film Festival, and then they disappeared. Yeah. It was just, you know, and, you know, um, but no, I never saw... I never saw disabled people in a gay space, and not surprisingly, because they weren't very accessible. Right. I mean, the bar that I went to was down some stairs, right. um, and so that I, yeah, I never, never saw it. Have you spent time in Japan? Uh, we just got back from ah. Japan. Mm. He works in real estate and construction, and noticed that there was not much ADA. Oh no, 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 no. yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, did you encounter any disabled uh, disabled people in gay spaces? Yeah. No. But where do you do you find that in Los Angeles? You may not know. Maybe maybe it's like a hidden. Like it depends on. You may have seen some, but they maybe you just didn't know. Okay, this is the. Okay, then we have to. Yes, um, gay um, communities up in San Francisco. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, there's all. Yeah, that's that's all. Yeah, but the. Um, yeah, there's again, well, San Francisco and Berkeley, you can probably see, you know, yeah. a lot of disabled people everywhere. Um, though when I lived in San Francisco, I never really saw a disabled person in a gay space. Um, the only place I seen was Berlin. That's the next book. Um, not the gay space, but Berlin, Germany. Um, I could tell you stories about that, um, but I but I won't. Um, not now. And so maybe I'll write a New York Times article on that. Um, but. Um, so yeah, so that's a it's an interesting question, but you don't see that here. I mean, I'm trying to think of the times I've encountered another disabled person in a gay space, and I, I don't remember. I haven't said that. Differences in the way people treated you there versus here. Um. Okay, I have to go back because of the context, right? So. There are around 200 gay bars in Tokyo's gay district, Shinjuku Nichome. And when I lived there, only four of them welcomed foreigners. Oh. Okay? So that, there's no sign that says you cannot come in. And if you go in, you're not going to be thrown out, but you're going to be treated so brusquely that you're not going to want to be there. Mm. So... I doubt there. I doubt there are disabled Japanese in the other bars as well. But so that's the context. I'm only dealing with the bars that I was in. That you know that that it was you know it was where Westerners were welcome. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, was I treated differently? Um, it's really hard to say because of what was going on in my life at the time. Mm. Um, I was single for the first time in 18 years. I feel bad because people have been reading that as I was involved with Ian for 18 years, which I wasn't. Um, we've joked about this. Um, Ian and I have been, have been joking about this. Um, I mean, I was with him for six years, but I was, I, you know, I went from one relationship to that was serial monogamy, right? So, um, so I was single for the first time in a very long time. So there was that rush. Um, I had a reputation, but that's a whole other story. Mm. Um, yeah, the first time was the first. My first time in Japan was quite quite a wild time, and um, so I don't know if it's a, it's a very interesting question. I'd have to I'd have to th I think no, I, I didn't feel I was treated differently, though I had um, no. I said I wasn't treated differently. I could go on and, and hem and haw about it, but I, when I think about it, no, I wasn't. Actually, there were a couple of points in the book that I really think are like funny, not funny, but ha ha, but funny, and I think that re would resonate with a lot of people. Um, it's when you're talking about, you know, you're sitting at the bar, and then it's like, and then you're to stand up. And it's like, oh, now it's like the reveal or whatever, yeah. like the hide and reveal, right? Yeah. Or um, that's in this book. Yeah, there's one in there, really? and then and then. Well, I've read the other book. I know it's in Body Remember, but, but, but I don't know. There's this, like the there's movie. one scene in the bar where you're like, does he realize like you know? Oh yeah, yeah, I always think and that. And then yeah. and then another yeah. time when you're saying like I that the serial monogamy like this time this time when you when you meet your husband you're talking about not giving yourself away and like having to prove that you can, you know, pull in. So partners and stuff like that, and I think that's really poignant. I think that's like a that transcends all cultural, I think, sort of considerations in some sense. Yeah, it makes me very sad. What makes me so it's it, it is sad. This sad. Can, no, well, totally no, I'll, well, I'll tell you what makes me sad because um, the other night I this came up the other night too. I hope this doesn't follow me around on the 15 city book tour. But anyway, um, what you're going to tweet it? Oh, 
Yeah. Or your reputation? Is that what you're going to No, no, no. Oh, the reputation is another thing. It. No, what's, what's really, what's really, what's, um, okay, where was I going with this? Because I'm, I'm jet lagged. Um, what was I saying? I've lost track. It makes sad. you sad. It makes, it makes me sad. sad. Okay. So uh, last year or so, somebody sent, somebody, um, somebody who I knew in Provincetown, who's a photographer, wrote to me and asked if she, um, if I would look at these photos or whether she can put them on her website professionally, she found these photos. So I was 30 at the time. That's 27 years ago. So now you know how old I am. And so, um, so I said, I, so she, I said, yeah, I'll look at the photos. I looked at the photos and, uh, I, it was so clear to me how attractive I was when I was 30. You know, I just, that's what it, that was my thought, but I didn't know that. Yeah. And so um, that's what makes me sad, is that I lived the life without realizing that. Yeah. And at the beginning of the, of the book, I talk about how I realize, um, along with the fact that I'm you know, treated as a gaijin and, because I'm a foreigner and not, and not differently because I'm disabled, I also realize that all these feelings that I've been acting upon my whole life were not my own. They yes. were basically came from the outside mm-hmm. in, from society, from wherever it was. So it's that, sad. yeah, it is sad because, you know, you know, you get one life, right? Right. So you, you know, but this is not particular to disability. No. This is something that probably everybody here has felt, right? You, we don't, we don't think of ourselves as attractive. We don't, right? So that's what. Enjoy yeah. your hotness. Yeah. Just enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's what that tweet that. <laughs> okay, one more question, and then we'll we'll wrap it up because I know it's um, been about an hour. We have an hour. Yes. I'm curious, like how if there's ways that Japan or your time in Japan or have, like sort of has sort of threaded itself into your habits now or mm. your daily life or some way that it's in your. I wish. Um, well, what is um, my therapist says to me when I come back to uh, when I come back. In the first time from Japan, and I try to, you know, keep that what I found there. You know, um, it's impossible. It's really impossible um, because the culture is just so different here, um, or in Germany, it's, just, it's the Western culture is so different. So you really can't keep that. I mean, what I keep are the the friendships that I made. Um, it changed the way I write. Um, it changed the way I, I impart information. Uh, so that's, yeah, so I think that, but I, you can't, you know, you bring back all, what did he say? I can't remember what he said. You, you bring back all the Buddhas with you. It doesn't. It oh, doesn't, you can you, bring back a million Buddhas, Buddhas but you're not going to make a garden. Yeah, it's not going to, it's just, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. Um, but there's still a connection to when I do get, you know, when I do get to experience Japanese culture of some sort, where I can go right back into that space. Because yeah. I understand it. You know, if I read a Japanese book or if I go see Kabuki visiting, you know, Lincoln Center or, mm-hmm. or something, um, I, I, I could enter that space again very readily. Um, yeah. It's been very interesting because, I mean, I've been away from Japan. I haven't been there since 2010, though my opera was Japanese-related. So, and that happened in 2013. Um, but since then, I kind of didn't have any, nothing to do with you know, Japan, you know, I wasn't in my, I was kind of, I thought it was over, you know, and now <laughs> the book happened. And so it's, you know, I'm into that again. And so it's, it's kind of, it's an interesting space to be in. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, this is on sale up front and also the poetry book is it I don't know if they have I don't know if they have the gardens of Japan book here. in the gardens yeah, of Japan Yeah there's a wonderful little book but I don't know if they have them here Um, um they, they there's a wonderful little there's a there's like a twins. Yeah there's a poem there's a poem sequence that I wrote when I was in Japan that's a very important part of the narrative and a small it's very small it's six it's eight poems six lines each um and they um the, the, the small press in san diego which i'm going tomorrow uh brought it out and it's beautiful beautiful edition um ian my ex did actually did the drawings they look each copy looks like it's hand drawn it's amazing so you can beautiful. look for that yeah nice yeah. so thank you for being here tonight on friday yeah, yeah there's books to sign for yeah, yeah. you've been listening to the skylight books author reading series Don't forget, you can listen to this and all our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.